Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome. We're so glad to have you with us here this evening on Ask Herbal Health Expert Susan Weed, a two-hour radio show each Tuesday night. Herbal medicine is people's medicine, simple, safe, effective. Please bring your curiosity and health questions. Susan will enlighten, surprise, and delight you. I know most of you know Susan Weed already. She's my mom, so I know her. But for those of you who have not yet met Susan, I'd like to share, she is the author of the Wise Woman Herbal Series, wonderful books on women's health and herbal medicine, including Wise Woman Herbal for the Childbearing Year, Breast Cancer Breast Health! Exclamation point, The Wise Woman Way, Healing Wise, The Wise Woman Herbal, New Menopausal Years, The Wise Woman Way, down there, sexual and reproductive health, the wise woman way. And abundantly well, seven medicines, the wise woman way. The newest book in the wise woman herbal series. So exciting. In addition to being the editor at Ashtree Publishing and writing her books, Susan is the director of the Wise Woman Center in Woodstock, New York. The Wise Woman Center is open to the public on appointment-only basis. She offers weekend workshops, intensives, and apprenticeships throughout the season. Susan is also available to you online via wisewomanmentor.com. There you can go and view her weekly e-zine. You can subscribe to receive a notification via email each week, or you could join her mentorship program. Susan also offers distance learning correspondence courses and online courses at thewisewomanschool.com. Join us there for colorful, instructive, easy video courses, including Easy Herbal Medicine with Susan Weed, Happy Needs, a cancer diagnosis, adaptogens for long life, and abundantly well companion course, wisewomanschool.com. You can also just go to her website, susanweed.com, where you will find thousands of pages online with recipes, articles, art features, and so much more. Well, for now, let's see what Susan has to share with us this evening. Thank you, and welcome, Susan. Thank you, Justine, and welcome, Sarah Ellen. Hi, Susan. How are you doing this evening? Mm, I'm very excited. I'm excited for a lot of reasons. First of all, I look at my bathroom window, and I can see greening buds on my peach tree. Oh, 
Hello Spring. Veriditas is what Hildegard of Bingen called it. It was her name for chi or prana. Veriditas literally means the green force. Veriditas, I like that. Veriditas, the green force, that which swells up those buds and brings forth the leaves of Veriditas of nature. Of course, it was she who said, oh, how silly you are to think that women don't participate in the actual, you know, getting together the child. The the understanding for thousands of years was that the woman was just like a field, and the man plowed the field and planted his seed, and whatever was in the seed he planted is what grew, just like in a garden, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like the soil doesn't, like if you plant a seed in one soil or another soil, you'll get the same plant. Mm. And Hildegard said, uh, yeah, but <laughs> this isn't, even with plants, this isn't what goes on, gang. Oh, right. <laughs> the soil matters. Yeah. Right. So that matters high. So Hildegard was very much ahead of her time. So that's one thing that's exciting me. And another thing that's exciting me, and I want everyone to listen closely to this now, is that I'm in the process of ordering the Red Clover T-shirts. I think I told you last week that we went out and we found the perfect T-shirt for the Red Clover Goddess. It's a magenta tie-dyed heart with rays radiating out of it. And that it turned out that this was a specialty tie-dye, of course, that I needed to get from Marcus. And I talked to Mar- have talked to Marcus. And I have 36 hours to add to my order. So if I'm not ordering enough of something for you, you need to let us know somehow. Email. Say something at Facebook. I don't know what to say, but I have ordered... Ten small, thirty medium, thirty large, and thirty extra large. If you don't see yourself in that grouping, please let me know. Marcus is happy to add to the order for the next 36 hours. After that, he's going to start dying. Mm-hmm. Medium. <laughs> a medium, medium, bum, 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 bum. <laughs> so what are you excited about this week? Um, right now I'm excited because we have had fabulous weather the last two days. We were almost at 70 degrees, and now we are getting a thunder and lightning storm, which I just love. Um being from Florida and all, I love a good thunderstorm. And the lightning is just, oh, it's beautiful lighting up the sky right now and the thunder's rolling. Wow. Um, 
Oh. Yeah. And you live in a mountainous enough area where the thunder really does roll. It does roll across the hills and, like, the open prairie, like, together. It definitely rolls where we are. I don't know if you could hear that, but it's mm-hmm. windows mm-hmm. are yeah, and then tomorrow it's supposed to be wind chills in the single digits when we wake up. So it's like 70 at sunset. Yeah. <laughs> From 70 to uh, 7. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's so, why it's yeah. called the temperate zone. Mm. You would think the temperate would mean moderate, but in fact to temper something, as in to temper a sword, means to... Move it from very hot to very cold. Ooh, That's what makes it feel strong, is to be tempered. That's why tempered, why you want tempered steel. If it's not t- tempered, like if you get a, a screwdriver or a wrench that's non-tempered, and you drop it, it'll break. Mm. By wow. heating and then cooling, heating and then quenching, heating and then cooling, the atoms line up in a way that makes it stronger. So cool. I never thought about, like, I, yeah, I always thought temperate as, like, the way you first described it. But it makes so much sense when you're explaining it this way. And when you're oh, living the 70 to 7. Yes, definitely. We have definitely. these really big swings of temperature in our environment that especially if we let ourselves experience it, that doesn't mean you have to sleep out, but at least be out in as you are talking about in the weather a little bit. It's one of the reasons why keeping animals is so perfect because it gets you out there. Mm, So true. And I have to say that I also feel like the hot flashes, more like heat waves, also are a way of... <laughs> <laughs> uh, we now find the use for hot flashes. <laughs> I'm also oh. excited about our guest tonight. We have someone who communicates with the animals. And I don't know if I have mentioned that I got a copy of a Dr. Doolittle book at the Little Free Library, which I have been reading to Monica Jean, and in which I discovered that Dr. Doolittle knew about herbs. They don't tell you anything about them, but he sends the animals out to get herbs to cure some malady, or I think the elephant. And... So when I heard that we were going to have Joan Raquette on the show tonight, I was very excited. Joan, accomplished animal communicator, author, TEDx speaker, educator, and animal guardian. She founded Communication with All Life University, and her talk is for TEDx was the Rainbow Bridge, Animals in Transition. So stick with us until 9 o'clock, or come on back at 9 o'clock, that's East Coast time, and 
hear what Joan Kitt has to say at Communicating with Animals. She has sent a lot of information I read over it, and I thought, well, that's exactly what I say about communicating with plants. So if you're more interested in plants than animals, come and listen to Joan. Anyhow, you can transfer her wisdom very easily. It's so hard to walk past all of those displays in the stores and not want to start seeds. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do uh-huh. it. It's so true. It's so true. It's so true. I'm just, um, On the other yeah. hand, I stood looking at the many, many, many sacks of organic compost for sale mm. for $5 a bag. And I said to myself, wow, what a gold mine I have in my compost pile. I was just going to say, I'm getting excited because I'm about to start moving compost around to the garden beds. I'm not going to do seeds, <laughs> but I'm so excited. Yeah. Yes, yeah. this sure. is a good time to move compost. That's <laughs> <laughs> as well. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to dream, to dream. I'm teaching a new course on adaptogens through Wisdom Feed. And so once again, I am dreaming of growing some of the supposedly easier-to-grow adaptogens like Cotinopsis. Mm. Wow. I thought, it, I thought it quite interesting. The R- Russians made up the term adaptogen in the early 1940s. And it was, I'm paraphrasing, an herb that had these effects on the human body. I'm not mm-hmm. saying what these effects are. Because what I want to say is that 20 some odd years later, by the mid-60s, the definition of an adaptogen was a substance that had these and such effects on an organism. Mm. It was broadened beyond herb to substance, and it was broadened beyond human body to organism. By 1998, an adaptogen was described as having an effect there was no longer any substance or any organism. Wow. Yeah. It's very oh. interesting to see how that changed. And now the very sparse definition is that it affects the hypothalamic pituitary renal axis. The earliest definitions of adaptogens I really like much better because, first of all, they say that an adaptogen has to be non-toxic in any length of time. That helps me understand that what I did, um, based on other criteria, because I knew nothing of adaptogens, when I started having the idea about nourishing herbal infusions was that I actually chose the adaptogenic herbs in my environment. Yeah. My nettle, 
Nettle, comfrey leaf, oat straw, linden, red clover, non-toxic at any dose for any length of time. The, of course, really important part of an adaptogen is that it increases the ability to withstand stress, to recover from stress, and even to prevent the effects of stress. Mm. And I, my experience is that's what the nourishing herbal infusions do. Yeah, I, I would agree with that 100%. I say that they stress-proof me. And they must also have an effect on the central nervous system and the immune system and the hormone system. And you have probably heard me call these three systems the great beat. To think of them as independent is going to cause us not to understand what they're really doing because nerves, hormones, and immunity are braided together and always operating within each other's parameters and using each other as messengers. And they're the primary thing they need to function well, in addition to good quality fats, is minerals. So once again, the nourishing herbal infusions by any lights are indeed adaptogens. And in class last night, I talked about the classic adaptogens, herbs that are classic adaptogens, um, which include licorice. And I say, it raises blood pressure. You can't use it for long periods of time. Right? And well, people will say, well, then you have to get the diglycerized. And I'm like, yo, now you've just taken oh. this herb, Dothans. And you could only use it after a laboratory process has taken away the problematic compound. No, I don't think so. It's not doesn't fit my idea of an adaptogen. We talked a little about the adaptogens of China and the adaptogens of India. And then I gave them a list of the wannabes. And who's to say they're not? Hibiscus, what do you think? No. You don't think it's an adaptogen? Let's see. Is it toxic at any dose? No. No. Um, we know that it is um, anti-cancer. Profoundly mm. so. Wow. And um, so I think it does affect, I don't know if it would affect the HPA axis, but I think it does affect the great braid. Wow. Wow. Yeah. So, Oplopanax, cousin to ginseng, but an American herb. You see, in every country, in every time, people have, much as I did, sought out the herbs that are going to give them the most not the ones that are the most dangerous or the most drug-like, but the ones that are 
going to supercharge you. One of the the classic 14, the name is translated as black-haired Mr. He. Mm. And when, when Mr. He discovered this adaptogen and began to eat it, his gray hair turned black and he began to father children. Wow. So with my talking about adaptogens, and what is an adaptogen so much, we only had time to look at ginseng, the world's perhaps most famous herb. Mm. As I said, sure, everybody knows about peppermint and chamomile and rose hips, but everybody knows about ginseng. Oh, yeah. So, anything that you had that you want to talk about that's going on at your place? Um. Yeah. No. We're just. Uh, yeah. We're just enjoying spring, and I'll I'll leave it at that. Really, it's not much else. To say. And I guess it's time to answer questions. That's right. We've got three hands that I see already up in the queue. Um, and I'll remind everyone listening that if you have a question and would like to speak live with Susan this evening, just press 1. That will get your hand raised. And when it is your turn, I'll announce your area code and open your line. I am seeing now five hands that are raised. So we will go to the first hand. Before we take the first call, and in between each call, I'm going to remind you that if you want any size in the red clover T-shirt, bigger then extra large, you need to get in touch with me as soon as possible. Now, for the first call, go ahead. All right. For the first call from the 212 area code, you are live with Susan. Hey, Susan. Hey, how are you tonight? I recovered from not being in contact with you last week. When I oh, were you able to hear us? No, I didn't hear. I couldn't. I tried like. Couldn't. We wondered. Sarah Ellen and I could hear each other, and we had a wonderful interview with a very fascinating person. We weren't sure anybody else could hear us. We suspected that people who listened to it later, rather than at the time of it, were able to hear it, but that nobody at the time of could. All right, I am glad to be here with you tonight. And Me I have too. a question. Uh, how's your life then? Yes. Very tumultuous and tempestuous. And, well. Um, yeah. So uh, my first question, to dip my toe in the water, is... Uh, my daughter gave me a gift of uh, mushroom, Chinese mushroom extract that's supposed to do miracles, and the name of it is Cordyceps. Cordyceps. Cordyceps militaris, the cultivated cordyceps. Cordyceps, the classic adaptogen cordyceps and it's one of the 14 classic adaptogenic plants it's a mushroom 
um, that grows classically on the bodies of caterpillars. The cordyceps that you have, however, is um, a cultivated cordyceps. Because when I was studying adaptogens and talking to people in herb stores in Chinatown, one woman told me that her brother takes actual cordyceps and that it's close to $100 a gram. So he's obviously some big shot businessman. Anyhow, um, thank goodness they can cultivate the Cordyceps militaris, a, a related variety for the rest of us. It's an adaptogen. So is it a miracle? Yes. Is nettle infusion a miracle? Yes. Is there much difference? No. It's a Catskill production, Catskill fungi. Yes. Wonderful. Wonderful. All adaptogens help us to withstand and recover from stress. But when you're drinking nettle infusion, you're getting a lot of minerals. And when you're taking a tincture of a mushroom, you're not getting much minerals at all. Well, I can take both. My question is, how does it interact with my uh, minimal medication of metoprolol? And, of course, my doctor doesn't know that. Well, both you and your doctor do know. Would it be a problem if you were to go to the supermarket and buy mushrooms and eat them? Well, this is the concentrated form. It's a tincture. Not concentrated. It, it, you know, I'm reading here energy, stamina, respiratory, adrenal, kidneys, blood, sugar. Immunity. That's what I just said. That's, that's yes, what every single adaptogen does. It promises Every single adaptogen. So what's in there are polysaccharides and perhaps some lignans. And those things are active in the body. And yes, adaptogens can be taken as tinctures. And yes, you can take them along with your nourishing herbal infusion. And yes, you can take them just as though you could eat a mushroom with any drugs that you're taking. Wow. All right, you answered my question. Now, question number two is a very difficult question for me to express, so please. I'll bear with you. Yeah, you're a good mama to me. My mama never talked about sex. Anyway, let me tell you what happened. Uh, As I already said many times, I don't have energetic boundaries, and I feel people and... I am into their pain and, and all that stuff. And occasionally, I am also into their pleasure. And that's what happened. You know, I I felt extremely sexual, which you know, I made one. I thought I got over my hormones and everything. The... The self-producing orgasm doesn't work for me. I mean, it, it works, but it doesn't have any 
it doesn't make me want to do it every day as something good for me. I don't. That's a fact. This person, who is a third of my age, uh, somehow developed an attraction to me. We we were very, very demurely texting um, information about food and. Uh, I, I I felt extremely aroused, it, it, and I I knew it was him because I don't have many men around me to to have that kind of reaction to. And uh, uh, my, my daughter very liberally said, "So go to bed with him." I said, "Forget about it. I'm not going anywhere." I texted, <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, I texted to him um, when he congratulated me on Valentine's Day. I, I didn't know if he has a girlfriend or uh, anyone that is an intimate relationship. And he said, no, uh, I, I, uh, I need a few years to be free. And then I sent a very long text to explain to him that sexual energy is freedom and it should be naturally flowing in the right direction and that it will be wonderful to have a permanent girlfriend or someone who is his soulmate. And uh, basically, I very kindly closed the door to his energy. He got it. I didn't say I am aroused. I didn't say how I feel. But the moment I sent that text, it stopped completely. And um, I thought that, you know, that's the end of the story. I wanted to go back to our very entertaining text relationship um, about food. Well, he probably felt that I closed the door in, in his nose or something, you know. And because uh, what w- we did have, and it was wonderful, it stopped, and I find myself very unhappy. I, I have very few relationships going in the place where I live. I mean, I have people who take me to the physical therapy. I have people who bring me food. I have meals on wheels. And, you know, it's a very supportive environment. But I do not have uh, a connection that I wish to have of, of intimacy but without living together and without friction and without sex, I I don't feel I am open to have sex. What's, what do you think about that? I think it's a real adult need to be desired. Yes. Fortunately. Yeah be desired. It's important that some other 
human being thinks we're the sexiest person in the universe. really important that there's somebody who can't get enough of us. Yeah. And you're right. It doesn't have to be sexual, but it has to have a sexual overtone. Yeah, that's right. Something innocent. There has to be a little flirt in it. It's not platonic because it's adult it's this is an adult need it's not a child's need it's not a child's need to be cuddled or nurtured or touched or taken care of it's an adult need that we want to be wanted yes And I don't think there's any amount of likes on Facebook that can be what you're talking about because it is a sensory experience. It's not a screen experience. It's not a virtual experience. No. That said, Sensory experiences happen in the brain. Mm -hmm. And so ultimately you are in charge of what is going on in your brain. I don't feel like that. I don't feel like that. I feel overwhelmed. One word for masturbation is self pleasure. And so what I suggest is that if you don't feel like having an orgasm every day, set aside some time for self-pleasure. What does please you? Can you set aside 15 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour each day to do something that really pleases you? Uh, sexuality for me is 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 a memory of intimacy and blending, and it yes. does not. Yeah, it it doesn't. So, work. what I would like you to do, if you can, is to remember the times in your life when you have experienced that without regret or comparison. A lot of times when we remember something that was, we say, and now I don't have it. And what I want you to do is to have it. They say, make memories while you're young. Then when you're old, you can play back your memory book. You have have those memories, you have experienced those things. Can you make them real or is it more important to feel 
something different. I'm no, always, I'm always curious about the choices that we make as human beings because I really do see them as choices as to are we going to um, be knocked down by the circumstances of our life or are we going to find a way through to love and joy, which are always there. Yes. Um, I do have the capacity to remember wonderful times. Um, and I do um, remember the man I was with. Together with it, something that is separate and it's one of my greatest issues of dysfunction emotionally is the story of abandonment and the fact that the person is not here. It's turning me in in uh, in tremendous longing. Yes. Yeah. 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 And what I'm saying is. There's a certain pleasure in longing, but there's an even greater pleasure in remembering what you have experienced, in awakening those senses and letting it be as if, because we know that the brain doesn't know the difference, does it? Yes, yeah. It's pretty easy to put one over on your brain, strangely enough. <laughs> so if we say to our brain, we are having this wonderful, loving, intimate experience, the brain says, oh, here's some endorphins. You're having such a good time. Right. Let's lower the serotonin a little bit so we'll be more sensorily um, active. The brain starts doing those things just because we're telling it that that's what's happening. I have a problem with self-care, and even though what you're saying is feasible and I do it, it's not attractive as it, yeah, it, it cannot be compared with, with my memory. Yeah. Yeah. And I will remind you of my very good spell for someone that you're unhappy with. And this can be anywhere from somebody who's really done you wrong to somebody that you wish would, would be friendlier. And whenever you think of this person and think, oh, I wish we were still, or I wish that we could... What I want you to do is envision this person on some kind of throne and you bring all the treasures of the world to them, fruits and nuts and dancing girls and minerals and everything you can think of. 
to bring them the beauty and joy of this place that we're in. And interestingly enough, it not only gives you a more settled and more joyous mind, but it actually seems to affect them. Thank you. You remember that the best revenge is to have a really good time. Yes. Yeah. And apparently the only revenge there is. If I could dance, I would have a good time, but I'm still, you know, I'm going to physical therapy and I'm, I'm slow to move and my, you know, my condition is I danced easy. I danced with a woman who was in a wheelchair and had very spastic control. She, we could make eye contact and she could kind of wiggle her toes and fling her arms around, but we danced together. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah. I, I do that when I hear music. Yeah, you dance, you can dance. Again, where you are right now is the new thing. Where you are right now is the exciting thing. Hmm, how am I going to dance in this situation of my life? How am I going to dance when I can't move? How am I going to dance? Yeah. Judith, you know Judith Blackstone? No. Up in Lake Hill? She was a dancer, and she was in a car accident that left her basically unable to stand or dance or walk. And she she created a whole, um, gosh, the realization technique, laying on the floor there. And she's up and she walks. She's not, she doesn't work as a dancer. She works to pass on and write about and teach people about the realization technique. Uh-huh. But it was the realization technique that allowed her to get up and walk. Wow. I'm not saying they would necessarily allow you to do that, but I'm saying from the place you are, wherever it is, you have a unique perspective. Yes. Yes, I agree with you. Yeah, I do. I am working. My mind is dancing when I hear music. Yes, your mind mind is dancing. Yeah. Yeah. Bob Masters, Gene Houston's husband, found that if you read physical instructions to a person after a stroke, that they got better a lot faster. In other words, if you sat by their bedside and said, move your right arm up, wiggle your fingers, bring your right arm down, really simple physical things that they couldn't do, nonetheless, the brain did them. Yeah. And by doing so, the brain repaired itself so that they could then do those things. Amen. Yes. Thank you. Thanks for calling. Thank you. Dream blessings. Good night. Dream blessings.
All right. And it like we have a, six callers that have pressed one to raise their hand and let us know they have a question. We'll go to the 505. The next caller dialed in from the 505. You are live with Susan. Yes, hi. Hi. Uh, my name is Patricia, and I had an uh, herb-related uh, question uh, for Susan. This is Susan. I, what herb yes, are we talking hi. about, Patricia? Hi. Uh, I, this, hi. Uh, regarding my skin, uh, left side of my body, on my hand, it's, they might term it as uh, you know, eczema or something like that. There's a discoloration. My skin has been dry, and it's on my top of my left hand, uh, my left side of my neck and the back. Uh, and that's, oh, that's one. And I really, I don't know if my body is, Cleansing, it's cleansing and going, yes, it's probably going to change just because I'm in an environment, a shelter, which has its own set of circumstances. Um, But I wanted to find out what I can do to what herb, plant medicine I can do uh, for that and also I have a respiratory, I've had a respiratory condition, was diagnosed with asthma under the chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, and uh, and I just constantly just bring up and cough out of this thick yellowish phlegm. Uh, so what herb or plant medicine would be good to deal with those? Concerned. Those are such good questions. Thank you for calling and asking me about those things. Thank you. To set the stage a little bit, I want to say that there are three major ways of looking at health and healing. There's a scientific tradition, and the scientific tradition measures and fixes. And their primary emotion is fear. You have to come and get checked out every year so we can find the thing that's going wrong with you that you won't know about. And we'll fix it. The heroic tradition doesn't try to fix things. The heroic tradition tries to balance and to cleanse. And unfortunately... When it comes to living things, cleanse is code for damage and destroy. If you and I were to go out to the forest and pick up every leaf and every twig that fell down to the forest floor and made sure that the forest floor was clean, then the forest would die, wouldn't it? All right. So there is no such thing as cleansing. In nature, the wise woman tradition and the uh, emotion for the heroic tradition 
is blame and shame. And the wise woman tradition nourishes the wholeness of the unique being. And the emotion of the wise woman tradition is self-acceptance and self-love. And I'm guessing, because you're at a shelter, that you are on a journey of self-acceptance and self-love. Well, no, I want to get to new housing. I'm in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Mm -hmm. Uh, Last summer, I relocated from Cleveland, Ohio, Mm -hmm. which uh, I was under a great deal of stress. um, You know, and uh, just psychic uh, and, you know, verbal attacks and... uh, Long story short, I moved from there. First, I went to Las Cruces. And I don't know what an herbal attack is. I don't think I've ever experienced anything like that or heard about it. Did somebody throw plants at you? Well, it's... it's Am I being dead here? I'm sorry? Uh, In different situations where uh, I was attending... Uh, college, uh, community college, taking up particular classes. And it was just, uh, I was not able to finish uh, being yelled at and shamed and embarrassed by many of the instructors in there, male instructors, uh, bullied and then retaliated on by failing me in classes you know, sexually harassed by one. And so, um, and nothing was done. I'm so sorry to hear that. What a horrible thing. Right. And there's other differences. Thank you. There's other situations um, where I last lived at. Uh, They wanted me out. I'm not sure what that has to do with being herbally attacked, though. It's horrible that that you had to experience that. But... I don't understand. You're saying you were herbally attacked. Did I get that wrong? Yeah. No, I said psychically. You uh, said, I thought you said psychically and herbally attacked. No, not herbally. Okay, I was, good. I'm just, I've never heard of an right. herbal attack. That's why I was asking right, right. people to throw plants at you. What's, what's an herbal attack that you come no, at you with? No, no, no. No. So, you know, our skin is a real emotional barometer. And when we are feeling unsafe, our skin is very likely to react. Furthermore, the skin is very dependent on having healthy fats. And it may be that you're in situations where it could be difficult for you to get healthy fats. Any kind of liquid fat except for olive oil is not healthy. Okay. So soybean oil, corn oil, cottonseed oil, um, all of the oils, any kind of oil, hemp seed oil pressed from a seed, is very high in inflammatory omega-6. Okay. So for Um. many people with the kinds of conditions that you're talking about, which are both inflammatory conditions, 
spending the extra money, taking the extra time to get organic butter and organic extra virgin olive oil. And if you want a third fat, organic coconut oil, or buy some bacon now and then so you have some organic bacon fat use. Nothing like potatoes right and a little organic bacon fat. Uh, you don't go overboard on it, but you have a little bit on hand. Mm-hmm. And you'll find that those fats um, have pretty dramatic effect on your skin pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So I would you tell the story stable? about being at a, a big um, book conference, and the woman who was at the table right next to mine the books she was selling, books she had written, were all no-fat diet. And at some point during the sales time, she leaned over to me and pulled her shirt down, and her skin was very dry and discolored. And she said, do you have anything, any herb that could help this? And I, I looked at her, and I looked at her books, and I said, yeah, I want you to go ahead and get a pound of butter, and I want you to eat it. Mm-hmm. And her jaw dropped, and a week later, I got a note from her saying, I did it. I went out. I got a pound of butter. I ate it. I feel so much better. And okay. Two months later, I got a note from her saying, my skin is fabulous now. She also told me that her hair was in poor shape. And frequently, if the fats in our diet are not good enough, our eyes feel it as well. The lungs, along with the skin, are considered to be a place where we interact with outside. We breathe outside into our lungs and we keep outside out with the skin. So when we are constricted in our breathing, when we have a hard time breathing in, we are literally having a hard time taking in what's outside us. So the skin and the lungs seem to you uh, to be two different things, but they seem to me to actually be the same thing, that your body feels unsafe. Okay. And needs breathing room and better quality foods. How would you characterize your diet? What kinds of things do you eat or don't eat? Right. Okay. Could you let me know what kinds of things you eat or don't eat? I eat a lot of vegetables, uh, greens, salads, uh, broccoli. Yeah. <clears throat> I drink. And when uh, you eat broccoli, how long do you cook it? Okay, I'm, where I'm, I'm at the mercy of a, a microwave. Uh-huh. So, um, and then... Um, In general, if any vegetable is still crisp, you're getting no nutrition from it. I cook my vegetables for a minimum of an hour. Mm -hmm. 
if you're at the mercy of a microwave, it's far better to buy frozen vegetables than fresh ones. Right. They are more nutritious, and you will get more of that nutrition, given that you are limited to microwaving it. All right. All right. Okay. And, of course, if you're not already drinking nourishing herbal infusions, which I always talk about, that's a good thing to do as well because that brings in the nutrients that your lungs and your skin need. And the lungs especially seem to respond to mullen infusion. So those are some things you could also think about and add when you're in a place where you can boil water and make some herbal brews for yourself. It's a little hard for you to do, I understand, in your situation right now, which is why I left it to last. All right. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks for your call. Good night. Green blessings. Thank you. Right. And did you want to make an announcement again about the shirts for Red Clover? Susan? Large of the Comfrey oh, Goddess Radiant Heart Magenta T-shirts. Let me know immediately. Thank you. Thank you right. for remembering, Sarah Ellen. Yes. Facebook probably would be a great way. I'll make sure I check Facebook and get any messages to you. So that's one way I can great. see for sure if you want to communicate about these Red Clover T-shirts. Fortunately, Marcus is on the West Coast. Oh, extra time. Excellent. A little extra time, yes. <laughs> All right. Well, let's see. We have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight hands that have pressed one. So we'll go right to the 252 area code and open your line in the 252. You are live with Susan. Hi, Susan. It's good to talk to you again. I, I called last week with the what I thought was sprained ankle, turned out to be a broken heel. Um, I, I'm, I'm calling tonight with a question, and I'm going to ask you to talk about something that I know you have before, but I think I need some clarity on it. I'm I'm 58, and I'm being bombarded with people who are talking to me now about calcium and vitamin B and or D and what you need for magnesium and 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 bone loss and I have no problem. Are you no drinking problems. nourishing herbal infusions? I am drinking nettles. I'm drinking comfrey, and I drink um, violet. Those are the ones that I grow and I drink, and, and I know you I'm. Are- you're weighing out an ounce of herb, yep. and you're brewing it at least four hours. Yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yes. You are getting more minerals than they could possibly get from any kind of pill. Okay. Do you I, ever I go outside? Oh, I'm a design-build landscape contractor. I live outside. I yeah, I know. I was being a little bit, always. you know, ironic there. Do you ever go outside? Yes. Do you always cover yourself in sunscreen? No. Never. Do you know between the hours of 11 and 1 o'clock, starting March 21st, 
you are capable of making 20,000 international units of vitamin D every hour, and you can store that for 18 months? So I, I, I understand, like, the, the storage component is, is actually new information in the last six or eight months to me. I mean, it's just it, – so what the hell's wrong with people? I'm sorry to say it that way, but what is wrong with doctors? What is wrong with other herbalists? What is wrong with, you know, doctors of functional medicine, that they all want to pump you with calcium, magnesium, put this K2 in it, do this D3? What the heck is that? They don't know about nourishing herbal infusions. They think you can this level of, you can't get supplementation any other way? They have been led to believe that supplements are natural medicine. You understand that supplements aren't natural. You understand that every supplement, because they are manufactured, in laboratories, making them drug-like, has side effects and down effects. Every year that I worked in the health food stores, someone was carried off to the hospital from an overdose of some kind of vitamin or mineral, most often selenium. So it, this was one of the things that really pushed me to create for myself and others a way to be fully nourished without having to take any pills. So it was that level of exploration that got you here. So, it, I mean, that, that, that's part of this whole picture. In addition to overall vigor, it's about maintaining. The phone you're on is cutting in and out, and I'm only getting about every third word. I guess what I'm saying is, is that some of what you're saying seems so naturally, easily, and availably accessible that I can't believe that people who or healthcare professionals don't think about this kind of thing. They're not thinking in the wise woman way. They think that supplements are nourishment. They're drugs. But they don't think of them as drugs because they've received a certain training which has led them to believe that a tablet of ascorbic acid is vitamin C. Vitamin C, like all vitamins, is a collection of cooperative enzymes. There are over a hundred different enzymes that actually make up functional vitamin C, of which ascorbic acid is merely one, which is why when you take large doses of ascorbic acid, you piss it all out. This is not functionally active in your body. Right. And this is true of almost all the supplements, but it's what they know how to do, right? And functional medicine, as I have this old wine in a new bottle, this is the heroic tradition, cleansing you again. 
right? And they, their reliance is on blame and shame. Okay, that, that so, helps me with some perspective because I hadn't really known, known how to categorize functional medicine, and you're saying it's heroic, and, then, and that makes a lot of sense in terms of some of the stuff I have coming at me. <laughs> exactly, exactly. The wise woman tradition has an innate trust in the human body. The heroic tradition says things like, food is the first addiction learned at the mother's breast. Is that a horrifying statement? Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't understand nourishment and all the layers there. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I have I have walked past a classroom at a large conference where a heroic practitioner was telling the people that milk is pus. Oh my God. This is the heroic tradition. There's a real loathing of the human body. And the wise woman tradition says, trust your body. It's not, you're not there to be at war with your body. Your body is telling you things. It's signaling you. Your body is going to always express your wholeness even if it's part of your wholeness you don't like. Yeah. Okay, that helps me a lot because it helps me kind of understand why I so vehemently want to turn that off, and it's helping me give myself permission to say, wait a minute, that's enough. <laughs> Thank you. You are welcome. Green blessings. Thanks for your call. Good night. You too. Bye. All right, and we will make the announcement again about the shirts, or... If you want anything other than extra large, you better let me know. Two X, three X, let me know, or there won't be any red clover. Got a shirt that big. Boop, 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 boop. Love it. All right, and with that, we will go to the next hand raise from the 415 area code. From the 415, you are live with Susan. Um, hello, my, my name is Jack, and, um, um, my, um, prosthesis, Imagine Alice, it has an open chat into the hydrosil, and I'm wondering if you think the coffee infusion will heal that? I missed a little bit of what you want to know if the comfrey infusion will heal. Did you say it was a cat? Did you say it was a wound? Um, no. It was, um, it was me and my... You, okay. My prosthesis vaginalis is an open track and we want that to close up and... An open, open, if, that's what I thought the cat was. An open what? Um, prosthesis vaginalis. Which is an open tract. From the abdomen to your to the hydrocele, which is around your testicle. Try 
track, I think might be the word you're saying. Is that it? T-R-A-C-K, track? I'm I'm Um, having a very difficult time understanding this word. An open track, is it? I I really want to be able to visualize it and to understand what it is, but it's not, so far I'm not getting it. Maybe, maybe, maybe since there are other people waiting, maybe I could talk to your mom for a moment because she seems a little more coherent about it. it. 
which is why I'm asking you to stop giving it so much power by calling it by these fancy words. Just let it be some bodily fluid. It's a lot easier to deal with bodily fluid than it is with whatever that vaginalis is, right? Mm-hmm. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. A diagnosis is a tricky thing. It's usually better to describe to ourselves what's actually literally happening with our body and to deal with that rather than to get a diagnosis. Mm-hmm. The reason that I would say to someone, go and get a diagnosis, is to rule out something horrible, and we have done that. It's not testicular cancer. It's a benign condition. It generally goes away on its own. So I like in these kinds of situations to encourage the child to see it symbolically. Mm -hmm. So it's a quest, or it's a challenge, or it's a journey, or it's some, you know, it's something special that's happening, rather than something. That is what we're doing. Something, yes, yeah, something scary that's happening that he has to depend on the Yeah, we're not that, doing that, Susan. We're not being scary. Good for we're, you. We are looking at it exactly you. as you're describing. So, right. <clears throat> the reason so he wants to know if Comfrey would heal it. Yeah, close the tract, which is what usually happens and it ha- uh, to boys, and it has not happened. It usually happens pretty, like, around, like, early on. And this is about the time when there starts to be, it's like, okay, so <clears throat> it should have closed. It hasn't. That's okay. It's a, it's so we're, this is cool. So, we're learning, again, we're I something. am lost in the dust here. Mm-hmm. Is this something we can see externally? If he were to take his clothes off, could I see this open channel? No. Okay. So how do we know that it hasn't closed? Because of the accumulation of fluid? Yeah, because it can yeah, it can move back and forth. So sometimes it's there okay. and sometimes it's not. All right. So when they say closed, what do they mean? Well, it's tissue, so I think uh, from what we've read, it, it, it just kind of, you know, comes together. It closes. Um, so I guess, you know, there's like... It adheres to itself. And the, the tissue and that it, tract it, closes. It adheres to itself. Yes. That's a great way of putting it, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what we want. Comfort... Yes certainly can act as a mental focus, but what's really going to do that is visualizing it, right? Yeah, I've made a, talked about I've that. I've made a big fuss with both of you that I need to be able to really see what you're talking about. And That's you need why, to be able to really see it, too. Right. And That's it why sounds like you've been board. doing a lot of homework. Applause, yeah. applause, applause. 
and now we just need to unmedicalize our minds and our terms and see this tube, it sounds like a tube, uh, as adhering to itself because it's no longer needed. Right, exactly. Just no longer, thank you very much for your service, right? Yeah. Goodbye, we don't need you anymore. Thank you so much. Yeah. What do you think of that, Jack? Right? That's good. All right. (laughs) And, hey, you know, you're drinking comfrey infusion. You got some comfrey left over. You want to slap it on his belly while he lays around and plays with the dog. It's a good idea. Just remember, comfrey stains something really fierce. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) You're rolling around in comfrey. You're rolling around in tannins. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay. okay. So comfort seems like something that could help that adhesion happen. With he, he's drinking nourishing herbal infusion, so he's drinking comfrey, right? Yes. Yep. About just this last, he's, he's we've kind of been starting this like challenge, this, or this, you know, this not needing it anymore, and so he's been drinking about a cup and a half a day, right, Jeff? Sounds perfect. So, yeah. Sounds excellent. Perfect. You don't have to drink it every single day for it to have an effect. Even any, every third day is good. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I was just talking about ginseng last night, and they found from a single dose of ginseng, the effects were still obvious 10 years later. Wow. We're so responsive to what the plants give us. Mm-hmm. So... Give us a call back when you have news to share, okay? Okay. It did work. It didn't work. We're happy. We're sad. Whatever's going on, all right? Okay. Okay. All right. Green blessings. Good night. Okay. Bye. Thank you. You're welcome. All right. And remember to let us know about your red clover T-shirts. If you want a size bigger than, is it extra large, Susan? They need to uh, let you know. All right. 30 medium, 30 large, 30 extra large. All right. One question. Is there an extra small option? I have no idea. All right. Do remember... The shirts are dyed and then washed twice and then silk screened and washed again. So I always tell people, get a size up from your usual size. All right. Well, with that information, let us know, everyone. Make sure you get your um, shirt request in. And with that, we will go. Let me know. Thank you. And we got a couple more people that I might be able to fit in in the last 10 minutes here. All right, let's go to the 773 area code. You are next dialed in to speak live with Susan from the 773. Hello, can you hear me? I can, hi. Oh, great, hi. Hi, Susan. I have a very quick question for you. Um, I just wanted to bounce off get an expert opinion on how safe Colt's foot leaf is. I see that there's some online... Um, controversy about it not being about it being toxic because of some um, PAs. I forget. I just forgot the name of what PA stands for. Mm-hmm. PAs are uh, 
and alkaloids. There are about yes. 475 different pyrolyzidine alkaloids. So far as I could find any evidence, there has been one occasion in which people have been poisoned by pyrolyzidine alkaloids, and that was in a grain product. Mm-hmm. Are we still connected? Oh, good, yes. I heard some binging and banging. I remember being in Germany, and the headline, Hufletik is Teufelkraut. Coltsfoot is the devil's weed. A child died from taking Coltsfoot syrup. All the Coltsfoot preparations were pulled off the shelf. Gee golly golly, it turned out that all the prep- although the preparation was called Coltsfoot syrup, there was no Coltsfoot in it. And that all the preparations they took off the shelves had Coltsfoot flowers anyhow, not even Coltsfoot leaves. Native mm. Americans smoked coltsfoot leaves. I was taught by foragers to eat coltsfoot leaves in my sandwiches and have done so with no particular problem. And, of course, it's a PA, so people go, oh, oh, coltsfoot's toxic. It's not so. It's kind of like someone saying, there are poisonous mushrooms. You can't go to the store and buy mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Well, of course you can. Yes, there's some pyrolyzidine alkaloids that are quite toxic, but they don't appear to be in either comfrey or coltsfoot. Great. I, yep. I, I'm very relieved to hear that because I was prescribed yeah. um, taking 450 milligrams of coltsfoot leaf capsules um, up to four no, a day. Let's stop right there. Days. Never take any herb powdered in a capsule. Just don't ever do it. It's the Never worst way ever, ever to take an herb. It's the least effective, it's the most dangerous, it's the most expensive, and it's the least likely to get you a real herb. Oh. Study after study done by Consumer Reports and other big places has found that the vast majority of capsules of herb either don't have the herb that's mentioned on the label, have more of it than it should, less of it than it should, contaminants, heavy metals, drugs... Don't take herbs and capsules. Hmm. Well, okay, so... any herb in a capsule. So, okay, so I just want to translate this through, you know, I've been struggling with autoimmune, some nonspecific autoimmune issues for the Mm -hmm. last five years and gone from person to person, you know, and finally um, my cranial sacralist uh, practitioner who I have a lot of respect for works with a medical intuitive and he's Slovenian, and we had a session the other night, and according to him, um, he says the problem is coming from um, an old, very old infection of cryptomitosis and Epstein-Barr. And so he prescribed thyme and coltsfoot leaf capsules, and I think he's testing, you know, as he's saying these things, he's looking at, a list of things, and he's looking at, you know, picking out the right uh, supplement for you. And that is active in the chest. Yeah. Okay. Trusilago. Cough, go far away. What did you say there? I didn't catch that one. Cough, go far away. Trusilago. Coltsfoot, trusilago. Cough, tusa. Lago, go far away. Cough, go far away. Oh. It's an oh, herb God. that's used for smoking. It's an herb that's used to counter asthma. It's an herb that's used to open the bronchi. It's an herb that's used to stop coughing. It's not effective against what he's talking about. It isn't? No, mm-hmm. and especially not powdered in a capsule. Mm-hmm. 
Well, okay, so now... It's incredibly uh, unlikely that any herb is ever effective powdered in, in a capsule. I think most of the time, if somebody has an effect from an herb that's powdered in a capsule, it's a placebo effect. Again, there's no oversight. It doesn't even have to be the right herb in the capsule. Okay. So then I'm... So then well, I'm you want to take these herbs, buy the herbs. You can actually see the herb. Right. right. Make yourself some cold foot tea. Make yourself some thyme tea. Yes, but here's There's the dilemma, right? Plants. Here's yeah. the dilemma. Then. If he's if if he is saying if he's looking at this herb and saying that that herb is what he's recommending for me, and he doesn't understand what you're saying, then why should I even believe the diagnosis of cryptomycrosis? If he's off on that point, it seems like the whole thing is off. If he's recommending that. Doesn't it seem? Yes. So then I shouldn't do. <laughs> but I'm going to let you play in that thing. If that's what you wanted to do, if you wanted to give up your own connection to your body and your health and pass it over to the hands of somebody who's more intuitive than you. Well, see, I haven't been How able could to anyone be more out. intuitive than you about your own body? I haven't been able to make progress on this thing for the last five years, and it's just the symptoms are getting more complex. I'm not sure what you mean, make progress. It sounds like a war report. Well, <clears throat> I mean, I'm not returning to vitality and health. Okay. And you've been drinking a quart of nourishing herbal infusion a day? For those five years? No, I have. This is this is my first time listening to your podcast. Okay, so that's the first step: is to start making and drinking a quart of nourishing herbal infusion. Do you have a water addiction? No. Okay. A water addiction? No, definitely not. Many people carry bottles of water around with them. No, I definitely do not. <laughs> and I can, and sure force themselves to drink huge amounts of water. No, that's not. The and this is very disturbing to our organism. No. So, of course, the nourishing herbal infusion. You want to drink coffee? Go for it. You want to drink tea, green tea, black tea? It's good. Hot chocolate? No, it's I, good. I really, kombucha? Really no that, problem. Yeah. But you know, um, obviously, you're probably not drinking. You know artificially sweetened things or sugar-sweetened things. No, and I re react very negatively to caffeine in any way, even in black tea or green tea. And mm -hmm. so um, I definitely well, have Well, fortunately, like there's no caffeine in chocolate. Yeah, leaky gut. I definitely have something like that as far as I can tell. But as far uh, as the Epstein... Okay, I'm going to take care of that in 24 hours. Yeah? Yeah. Okay, you go so online... Go online, yeah. watch my granddaughter make slippery elm balls. Slippery elm balls. Look up Susan Reed slippery elm balls, and you'll see Monica Jean making slippery elm balls. Make yourself some slippery elm balls and start sucking on them, and the leaky gut will be all gone. And how long? How many a day? What's the. Usually within a couple of hours. Really? So just yeah. one time, just suck on some thick, slippery elm balls. Yes, and, and yes I've seen people get the, with ulcerative colitis, with Crohn's disease, completely reverse these things with slippery elm. 
Now, for those kinds of really severe things, they need to do the Cyprium for a while longer, and you might like it and want to continue doing it. But, in fact, it's just a matter of the gut not having the nutrition that it needs, and so it's open to try to get stuff, and the Cyprium gives it what it needs so it can close down again. It happens just about immediately as soon as the Cyprium gets in your system. Hmm. So, okay, so... And then what if I did have Epstein-Barr or cryptomycosis? Like, how would I even verify that? Or does it even matter? I can just it say that. It doesn't matter. Honestly. If you start drinking your nourishing herbal infusions, you will not have those things as problems. Okay. So where do I start with the nourishing herbal infusions? There are five nourishing herbal infusions that we drink in rotation. Stinging nettle, red clover, oat straw, Comfrey Leaf and Linden. I just um, finished doing a class on the Nourishing Herbal Infusions for Wisdom Feed, and I think that it's probably available through them now. I don't know if the Zoom version is available, but probably the audio version is available. If you want to hear a lot more about it, there's, of course, also my YouTubes which Uh show you, again, my granddaughter and I making nourishing herbal infusions, I usually suggest that rather than dipping a toe in the water and going out and buying an ounce of each one of the herbs, which will only last you five days, that you get at least half a pound of each herb. Yes, it will will cost a little bit, but if you think about it, you're going to be using an ounce of herb a day. That means you're going to be using two pounds of herb per month. If you make a six-week commitment to this and you get half a pound of each of five herbs, that will just about take you through six weeks. And at that point, you should be in such love with the way you feel when you're drinking nourishing herbal infusions that you are happy to buy it by the pound and to keep on making it. Okay. And then if I also had parasites, would that get rid of it too? Get rid of the parasites? You don't. You don't. I don't have parasites. You don't. You don't. Have you lived in India? No. Walked barefoot in Africa? (laughs) No. Lived in a slum in Mexico? Nicaragua? No. You don't have parasites. Okay. Wonderful. Good to know. Good to know. Okay, so it yeah. seems like I'm a, yeah. I just changed course here. I think so. Welcome to the Wise Woman Way. Nourish yourself. Okay. Yeah. I All right. Get and you can keep calling. Way. You're not limited to one call. You can call back next week. You can keep calling as many times as you want to. Thank you much. You're, you're a sweet, poetic woman, and I really appreciate it. All righty. Green <laughs> blessing. Bye-bye, Dad. Okay. Thank you. Oh, well, I didn't get to fit two in. I know I've been very loquacious tonight. Uh, uh, What can we say? We can say hello to Joan Ranquette, an accomplished animal communicator for over 30 years. She's also an author, a TEDx speaker, an educator, and an animal guardian. Joan's hands on animal communication and energy healing processes troubleshoot behavioral and medical issues stimulate healing in conventional treatment 
and deepen her client's abilities to care for and understand their animals. Joan believes the capacity to attune to animals and work with them energetically is not a gift for the select few, but an innate ability we can all access with a little guidance. She teaches down-to-earth skills that enable her students to communicate consistently and confidently with animals. Clients include hundreds of thousands of animal guardians, animal trainers, barn managers, veterinarians, sanctuaries, wildlife rehab, therapeutic riding centers, and everyday pet owners. In 2008, Joan founded Communication with All Life University, a program that offers beginning through advanced training and certification in animal communication, energy healing, nature, and wildlife. Her TEDx talk, The Rainbow Bridge, Animals in Transition, has 377,000 plus views. She's been featured in dozens of media outlets, including Hollywood Reporter, Pet Nation, Dateline, NBC, Today Show, Good Morning America, Animal Planet, and more. Joan Rankett's newest book, Emotional Freedom Technique for Animals and Their Humans, Creating a Harmonious Relationship Through Tapping, put out by Findhorn Press. She's also the author of Energy Healing for Animals, a hands-on guide for enhancing the health, longevity, and happiness of your pets, put out by Sounds True, and Communication with All Life Revelations of an Animal Communicator, put out by Hay House. Joan contributed to The Dharma of Dogs, Our Best Friends as Spiritual Teachers, and The Karma of Cats, Spiritual Wisdom for lives on her ranch. The gorgeous hills of Southern California with her devoted animal family. Of course, three dogs and four cats. She donates her time to animal rescue missions, sanctuaries, and therapeutic riding centers. She's an avid fundraiser for organizations focused on the rescue, recovery, and rehabilitation of compromised animals and endangered species. She served as star Global White Lion Protection Trust, and on the Spiritual Council for the Gentle Barn. Welcome to the show, Jen. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I don't know if you heard the very beginning of the show, but I told my very plant-oriented people that they should stick around and listen to you because everything that you had to say about communicating with animals also holds true for communicating with plants. Well, you know, I actually, as a little kid, I used to, um, I had a lot of plants in my bedroom, and I loved plants, and I had a favorite tree in the backyard, and I really communicated with the plants. I, sometimes I think that's how I started, was communicating with plants, so, so it's all the <laughs> same, right? <laughs> all the same. It's about um, taking yourself out of the equation. Yes, yes. Well but said. also about understanding the unique relationship that domesticated animals have with humans. Yeah, very unique. Definitely. So a wild animal would not suffer separation anxiety if I went away from it. No. My chickens never had separation anxiety. Isn't that funny? 
Isn't that and the and the goats generally don't either. Even though I have seen, we've had like goats from our barn sold out and then come back like five years later, and they remember her. They have very long memories, but they yeah. don't, you know, feel stressed by the separation. But um, I, I think that separation anxiety can be fairly common among dogs. Well, and and I think maybe one of the things that, uh, yeah, it can be very common among dogs. It can even be common with with cats. Um, Horses experience anxiety when they leave the herd. So, you know. Oh, I can imagine. Yes, horse. Yeah, so vulnerable when they're not with the other ones. Exactly. And in some ways, maybe... When your goats leave, they go to someone else with goats, or they're in something yes, where they're exactly yes, they're yeah, in another where they're, yeah, feeling safe. Yeah, you know, right. The herd animals need the herd. They need the herd. Yeah, need unlike the cats and dogs, which can singleton out and be sole companions for us. Although many people especially of my acquaintance, tend to start with one dog or one cat and then buddy up. Well, the next thing you know, it's like potato chips. You just can't have one. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you do if uh, an animal is dealing with separation anxiety? Well, the first thing I like to do is to do animal communication and get a sense of why they might feel separation anxiety. Like, for example, did they get left behind a lot in their former house? Was their old household full of chaos? Is there something in this household that is chaotic? Is there something that's uncomfortable? So I like to find out what is going on in, in the present household and if the past has anything to do with the current feelings. And then I love to do EFT, Emotional Freedom Technique Tapping, which is what my latest book was about. So I do a little sequence of tapping with the animal. Do you do the tapping on the animal itself? Yes, I do. And if I'm on the phone and I just lead someone through it, I'll say, you know, inside of the eye. I'm so sad outside of the eye. I'm so sad. I actually I worked on a horse today who had very much had just left his house, her household of 17 years um, because the, the people had given up on an injury. And my friend owns a very famous sanctuary called the Gentle Barn. And so I went over and helped her with this horse. And it, and it literally was, separation anxiety from its own friends, you know, and family that it had grown up with. And she was just so, um, instead of exhibiting anxiety, she was just so shut down. So the first part of the tapping sequence was all about, you know, I'm so sad. I'm so sad. I feel so left out. I haven't been with my family. I'm not with my family. And then something in me just knew that this horse was just, so quirky and funny. And I started moving it into, you know, I I really want to let this go because these people are nice. And besides, they're going to find out that I'm so quirky. And (laughs) she stuck her tongue out. 
Yeah, and she started just getting goofy. I mean, literally, and she even did a little pie, and she was like, yeah, I can pull all the tricks out. And so the idea with the tapping is you, you move through the challenging situation and you get to the desired outcome. And this horse, like, oh, my God. I, and we had it on camera, too. So it'll be up on my YouTube. And I, I just I laugh because I said to my friend afterwards, we couldn't, have, we couldn't have scripted that better. Like, that, that horse just did, she just moved through her anxiety and, and, and really wanted to become this other thing. So underneath a lot of anxiety are animals that want to be confident, you know? They don't want to be trapped in that. It's so loving. Oh, it really makes my heart glow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, to, to be able to um, spend, I think that the tapping allows us to spend time with the feeling. Yes. Yes, and there's no negative feeling, right? Like it's it's just right. a feeling, and that's where the feeling is that minute. But feelings right. are like ocean waves, right? Like they can they're gonna move, and they're more likely to move if we accept them. Pain is resistance. Yes, yes, yeah. So staying in that sadness or in that fear just for. A moment, it's going to go away pretty quick. Right. We think the opposite. We think, oh, no, no, I have to stave it off or it will be here forever. But in fact, what makes it go away is tapping and saying, I'm so sad. I'm so upset. Whatever it is. Exactly. Whatever and it is. Because then then we own it. And we once we own it, we have a relationship with it. Yeah. And and that's where it's at, you know, is being in that in that wonderful space with the feelings, no matter what they are. And then they get to to move and we get to evolve out of it, you know? Do people give you grief about saying that animals have feelings and emotions? No, not anymore. I mean, when I first started doing this one million years ago, um, I, nobody really gave me grief about it, but they, you know, you could kind of see them looking at me with a side eye, right? Like a dog would, like, what are you doing? Um, but it, um, it has turned into, I mean, at this point, science, you know, all these scientists are writing, you know, delicious books about their experiences with their with that one animal that they loved more than anything in the world and how expressive and emotional that dog was. So we're lucky we live in a time when, you know, people love their animals so much they're willing to research every bit of it. And um, so now, it, you know, we, we I, I think we're coming into a space of true acceptance um, I, and the more we get there, the less, uh, you know, the less suffering there will be. I, I don't, you know, I mean, I think about the way that we do factory farming and all of that. I mean, the more that we really start to 
accept it, then, you know, it's um, the the better the planet's going to be because when we start taking better care of animals, then we're going to notice that, hey, we're animals too and we could take better care of each other. Oh, how beautiful. The term that used, of course, to be thrown around was anthropomorphic. You are yes. pretending that animals are people, rather like dressing them up in hats and coats and shoes and glasses. Yeah. And and where we started this discussion was, you know you're communicating if your ego is out of the way. That it's yeah. the opposite of anthropomorphic. You're not trying to make them a human. You're trying to make yourself an animal. Yeah, and, and give them full agency, right? Like they deserve the full... And it's it's anthropomorphic would, would suggest that we are completely um, projecting uh, feelings and our feelings onto them. And there are... I always say they feel as deeply as we do, but they they're different. Like they don't have the nuance of like regret in the way that we do. They don't no blame, no shame, no guilt. I have never once seen a goat yeah. say, oh, gee, I shouldn't have knocked down that tree and eaten all the leaves off of it. And no dog has ever said the same about the garbage. So, Right? Yes. Ever. Yeah. Simply, you know, they might like, oh, you know, make us think that they're regretful, but they're not. They have no they're shame not. and no blame and they no guilt. They are not. And I find no, it very refreshing. Plants, too. Yeah. 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 It's, uh, we could learn a lot from them. Why, why be ashamed? Why be embarrassed, right? Why be guilty? Especially not for being what you are. Now, partly because we think as humans that we have a lot of choices. There's something that I was talking about with somebody on the show, actually the very first caller, and that was the need to be needed, the the desire to be desired. I sometimes say to people, let's see, would you rather have a very glamorous picture of you in a magazine color spread in the center, stapled in your navel, or serve soup at a kitchen for people who don't have homes? I'd rather serve soup. Everybody would. Yeah. I've never had anyone say anything other than serve soup. I think the animals would say the same thing. My goats are actually very happy to give me milk. I think that farm animals are farm animals. They are not playboy bunnies. Right. And it's disturbing to me sometimes when I see farm animals treated like playboy bunnies because I think now you're saying that somehow they have agency when, in fact, you took away their reason for living. Yeah. Because, in fact, they have been bred and taken care of for a very, very long time in order to provide food for us. It's the first thing you learn at 4-H, is that your beloved animal will be on your dinner table. And people say to me, how can you possibly eat what you love? And I say, does that mean that you eat things you don't love? 
Yeah, I'm I'm personally a vegetarian, but that's uh, I was I under, I understand you that you are a person who hates plants. That's just fine. It's not a problem with me. No, I don't hate. But plants. I don't hate anything. So I eat it all. Yeah, I don't hate plants. I love plants. I have plants well, all over my house. I see, and you don't love animals enough to eat them. Here's the difference: is that at some point there are things <laughs> no, there like. No, there tree. is not from me because I communicate talk. with plants and animals, and there is no difference. Those plants are every bit as alive as you and me. Oh, and I'm, the absolutely. They have absolutely. feelings, and of it's one do. big I eat you and you eat me. And when you take yourself out of I eat you and I eat me, you take yourself out of the love. When I'm sitting I... and eating a piece of one of my goats, and looking at the pasture that that goat grazed on, I could not feel more deeply connected and in love with everything. Yeah, that's amazing. I also say to vegetarians, no organic food for you. It's grown with animal manure. Yeah, I grow everything with my horse manure. So how can we then refuse to consume animals? Consuming animals is what keeps small farms alive. You can't make it as a farmer selling fruits and vegetables. You have to make it as a farmer selling your animal products. That's where you can make some actual money. And you need the animal byproducts to grow those organic fruits and vegetables. So we want to support small farms. That means we want to eat meat. That's the only way that we get good farming practices is by eating meat, by having integrative farms and making our diets integrative. I had... um, woman come and visit me, and I had a goat that I had been given, and she had a tag in her ear. And it never occurred to me to remove the tag. I was actually given two goats, honeysuckle and sweet pea. And I wanted to call them um, honey and sweetie. And honey acted like honey, but sweetie wouldn't act like sweetie. And one day, a woman like you came, and she spent time with Sweetie, and she said to me, she hates having a tag in her ear. Can we take the tag out of her ear? I said, well, of course. I thought it was like an earring. I thought it was like a decoration. Like she goes, ooh, I got a tag in my ear. She says, no, she really hates it. And we took it out, and she became, her mood really totally changed. She became Sweetie. She became a Sweetie. She really did. She was grumpy as anything before. So I think it's so important that we do the things that you uh, talk about. I was really impressed when you said to people, your pet likes to sleep. Needs to sleep, yeah, absolutely. Cats can Mm -hmm. sleep, what, 18 hours out of the day? Yeah, it seems like it's all day until it's dinner. And I see uh, many people with pets who feel very stressed that they go and leave them alone. 
And sometimes the pets do act out. I'm wondering how much that has to do with the pet owner feeling guilty. I think it has an enormous amount to do with it because the truth is, if going back to what, what we said early on, is that if an animal, nobody wants to feel anxiety. So if an animal is set up for success with calm, confidence, things like that, and that requires things like animal communication or maybe EFT, the energy technique, or dog training. I mean, how about dog training? Um, and getting the animal to be a little more in sync with you and enjoying activities with you so that when they're home, they're able to do their thing and, you know, they're autonomous in their own dog world as you are when you go off to work. Oh, how brilliant. I was just looking. I was waiting for someone and looking at an issue of Better Homes and Gardens, and they actually suggested that you create a special bathroom for your dogs to wash them in, and it makes everybody happier. I think so, too. (laughs) And I thought, that's actually kind of brilliant. Yeah. I have a... I have uh, I have a very special place for my dogs and and my horses to get little baths. And they have their world and their place. Each one of my goats has her own stall. I individually stall them. I don't free herd them because I also think it's very important that the animal have its own place. Yeah, my my horses have stalls, but they're out together all day. Yeah, and I took down all my fences because I didn't want to spend my time repairing fences. So I just heard the goats now. That's awesome. That's what most of the world does, right? Yeah. Yeah, most of the world doesn't have fences. This is—I am spending no time with the goats and all my time with fences. I'm I'm reversing this here. Away fences, out with the goats. (laughs) I have a funny story to tell you. Because I find that I have to communicate with wild animals in a very different way than I communicate with domesticated animals. And so frequently when we're out with the goats, because we're out, they're deer. And I have found that if I tell myself very, very sincerely that I am a block of salt, that the deer will believe it. That's cool. Mm-hmm. And they will actually come very, very close to really see if I am a block of salt. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> well, I am. I mean, I'm pretty mineral rich, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I, I put the cloak of invisibility on, and then the baby deer think I'm a mayflower pole. I mean, they just, like, run around, like, there's something there, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> so we started out by talking about when we're communicating with plants and animals, that the first thing we do is take our ego and put it somewhere else, because these are not us. So how do you really know when you're talking to the plant? I think, because it says things I would never even think. Right. Right. In my in my from school, such a totally different perspective that I go, oh my gosh. Yeah. In my school, I call it getting neutral, which is 
same as no ego, like just getting so, put, getting ourselves out of the way. Out of the way, yes. Oh, Joan, I had such a great time. What a wonderful conversation we have had so lively, but we're on a blog talk show, and they're really severe about cutting us off. So it's time for me to ask you, what would you like to leave in the hearts and the minds of everyone who's been listening to you and saying, wow, and the first thing I want you to do before you give us an inspiring message is tell people how to get in touch with you and where to get your books. Okay, so my books can be found anywhere that books are sold, like Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and all of the places, um, and in bookstores. And uh, my website is joanranquette.com, J-O-A-N-R-A-N-Q-U-E-T.com. And I just want to remind everybody that they, absolutely everybody is an animal communicator. Everybody has the ability to do it. It's just really getting quiet and finding that neutral space and allowing that other to come in. And that's it. That's it. This is not some special magical power that you have and no one else has. It's a special magical power that everybody has. Absolutely. And that, that you want to encourage everyone to find that neutral space and listen up, and I do too, because there's a whole lot of joy and love and delight going on out there, and so many people feel alone. You know, I was sitting with the goats in the woods, and I got that feeling. I said, I'm so alone, and then I just started laughing. I said, (laughs) right, you're alone. You're alone with a herd of goats, and you're alone with how many ants do you suppose are out here, and how many insects, and how many birds, and how many turtles, and snakes, and other things that you don't see alone. Oh, give me a break. Yeah, it's true. I, Once I you have, start communicating I, with it, you can't ever feel alone. No, it's true. It's true. Thank you for having me. So you me. are offering us the cure for the greatest problem of our day, the loneliness that people feel. Thank you so much, Joan. Truly, I believe that we are reweaving the healing cloak of the ancients. And the threads that you are bringing to this reweaving are so important, so resilient, and so vital. Thank you so much. And hey, Sarah Ellen, thank you for helping me to return herbal medicine to its rightful place as people's medicine. And we're going to tell you one more time. Find a way to communicate with me if you want any shirt bigger than extra large. If you want a 2X or a 3X, I'm happy to order them, but I have to order them by Thursday morning. That gives you tonight and all day tomorrow to let us know. Green blessings, everybody. Until next week. Bye-bye.